Today, I get to talk with an artist and a filmmaker that put together a brilliant piece. I'm not going to tell you about it yet because you got to stay tuned and listen to This Is Today. Welcome to This Is Today, the podcast that features the stories that make this day unique. It's Thursday, January 21st. 2021. I'm Russ, and here's what you need to know about today. Yeah, so I, I teased uh, that I've got something coming up later in the show, and, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm like that guy, the dad, that, like, tells you what your presents are before Christmas, you know? Um, well, yeah, I'm going to tell you what we've got coming up here. Um, I've got a conversation with Trev Harwood. Um, Trev Harwood is the founder and managing partner of Soaring Productions. He put together a piece about the uh, children of Vietnam veterans, and he himself is a, a child of a Vietnam vet. And we have a fantastic conversation about a video that he put together. The video is linked in the description, and uh, we'll tell you more about that as uh, we get into that interview. And that's coming up in just a couple of minutes here. But first, let's tell you about the events of today. Well, okay, there's a couple of events uh, happening today. It's Museum Selfie Day. Now, I know it's tough, uh, you know, with the COVID lockdowns and all of that to go take a selfie of yourself at a uh, museum, but, you know, there's plenty and we talk about them all the time on the podcast here with all the various curators. There's plenty of virtual experiences out there. And, you know, the thing is, all these museums are having a really tough time, um, both, you know, financially and just emotionally. They want to be able to show uh, what they've, you know, gathered into their museum, you know, whether it be the Rosa Parks Museum. And, you know, I've talked with Madeline several times or the Sixth Floor Museum. I've talked with Stephen. He's actually coming on the show again next Monday. But, you know, they all just want to be able to show the items that they've collected in their various museums. So, you know what? Here's what I need you to do today. It's Museum Selfie Day. Go check out a museum. Just look at it virtually. Maybe tweet out about it or share it with some other folks and share a photo of you looking at a museum virtually. There's your virtual museum selfie day, and it'll help out these museums to get the word out that they're doing all these virtual experiences. And that's one of the reasons why I love having them on the show. And it would be fantastic if you would help me out and them out <laughs> by sharing uh, these various museums. And again, uh, throughout the uh, last, I don't know, six months or so of this doing this podcast, I've talked to several curators. So there's plenty of choices just by listening to this podcast. All right. It is also National Banana Bread Day. And I don't need you to, you know, figure out a way to celebrate that. Banana bread's awesome. And here's the thing, you know, usually you can't eat banana bread in a museum, but today it's a virtual museum. So have your banana bread and eat it too. What? Yeah, that kind of works, I guess. Uh, it's also National Hugging Day. Uh, in the middle of COVID, uh, this is a tough one. So maybe we put this holiday on pause for the day that we celebrate where everybody's vaccinated and we just have a giant hug fest. Doesn't that sound great? Well, for some people, I know there's some people that you probably don't want to hug, but for the most part, I'm sure there's a lot of hugging uh, that has been missed. So uh, we'll save a uh, national hugging day. Let's just put a hold on that. We'll, we'll, Put a post-it on it and stick it on the wall and deal with it later. Um, it's also National Squirrel Appreciation Day. And, you know, I've got to tell you, 
being in lockdown, being in my house, being like hanging out in my backyard, there are so many squirrels <laughs> and I love it. So um, happy National Squirrel Day to all my squirrel friends <laughs> out there on the back fence. Uh, you got to love them. And uh, if you haven't shown appreciation for a squirrel, a great way to do it, they have this tiny little picnic table <laughs> that you could set up on your fence so that a squirrel could come up and, and you know, have a snack while sitting at a table. It's really cute. It's really cool. Uh, just do a little Google search on a squirrel picnic table. And uh, I'm thinking about getting one. I'm actually thinking about making one. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll post some photos of that once I get it done. All right. Enough of the silliness here. Let's talk about some of the, there's never enough silliness, right? Uh, let's talk about the events though for today. Uh, in 1931, Sir Isaac Isaacs, uh, is sworn in as the first Australian-born Governor General of Australia. And the reason why I bring that up is because we have an Australian guest on the show today, and I wanted to show support for Australia. See, it's not, it's, it's not all in the States. Now, he did make fun of me for the way I say Melbourne. Uh, he didn't do that on the podcast. He did that before we started talking, but it's apparently Melbourne. I think I said that right. I'm not really sure. Uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> we'll be talking with him in just a second. In 1977, Italy legalized abortion on this day in 1977. And the the uh, kind of the, the springboard for uh, talking to my guest today was President Jimmy Carter pardoning almost all Vietnam War draft evaders. And again, we'll be talking about that in just a minute here. In 1978 on this day, the Bee Gees Saturday Night Fever album went number one. It was number one for 24 weeks. It's been number one for a lot longer than that on my playlist. It's always in there. You got to play that songs, you know, like the songs from that soundtrack are just awesome. B.B. Um, King on this day in 1987 donated his record collection to the University of Mississippi. Uh, maybe that's one of those virtual museum tours that you can go check out. Here's one that, um, let's just stay away from this. I'm not going to make any jokes about this because I think every joke has been made about this next story here. In 1994, Lorena Bobbitt was found temporarily insane. Um, Lorena Bobbitt, by the way, was the one that chopped off her spouse's um, penis. Ouch. Uh, I'm going to leave that story. Just walk away from it. There you go. In 1998, news of the Lewinsky and uh, Clinton affair became public. Now, as you remember, Bill Clinton said, no, 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 I'm not having any affair. I did not have affairs with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. You know, he went out to that whole thing and hey, that wasn't that bad of a Bill Clinton impersonation. Um, but yeah, he went on to all of that. And, um, you know, Hillary, of course, was um, thinking back to 1994, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I couldn't get past it without making some sort of joke. All right. Uh, when we come back, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking with a guest about uh, the children of Vietnam vets. And uh, the, his name is uh, Trev Hardwood, and he has a fantastic uh, video, and there's a link to it in the uh, podcast description. Uh, we'll learn more about that video right after this. There is nothing I hate more than standing by the refrigerator section, looking at a beer selection and not knowing what to pick. Yeah, I'll just pick by the label sometimes, but no, I, I'm going to stop doing that because the beer connoisseur has over 5,000 expert beer reviews and in-depth articles about the drink we all know and love. Yeah, it's even got like brewery tours, product reviews, all that fun stuff right there in the magazine. And best of all, because you're one of my listeners, you can take $5 off. Just click the link in the description and head over to the beer connoisseur and uh, start drinking better beer. And welcome back. 
As I mentioned earlier, uh, on this day in 1977, President Jimmy Carter pardoned almost all Vietnam War draft evaders. So this news gave me the opportunity to talk to you about a documentary that I saw. It's actually, it's a short video and it's on YouTube and I definitely want you all to go check it out. It's called Lamentations and it's the effects of the Vietnam War on the children of Vietnam veterans. And to talk about that piece, I have the creator of the video, Trev Hardwood. He's the founder and managing partner of Soaring Productions. And most importantly, he's a child of a Vietnam vet. Hey, Trev, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Russ, for having me, buddy. Yeah, well, I know it's early in the morning for you. You're in Australia and uh, we're doing this <laughs> uh, and it's really early. So thank you for <laughs> taking the time out of your day. Uh, okay, let's talk about the video. Now, it, we're doing an audio podcast here, so we can't show a clip of the video. So we got to do some explanation on the video. Uh, can you tell everyone uh, a little about this video? Uh, what is it about? Yeah, no worries, mate. Look, uh, look, the video is actually a true life story from one of my members from my private group of children of Vietnam veterans. It's a story about how um, our fathers who suffer from PTSD and flashbacks and, and memories from the war and um, the emotional detachment also that they had to deal with when they came back from Vietnam and how it's actually affected us, the children of Vietnam veterans. So the best way for me to explain that was through a video of um, of a little girl, uh, basically, who is just loves her dad dearly and just wants to do everything to gain his attention. And there's a part, I don't want to give too much away of the actual short film because I've got to leave some, some for people, but um, there's a part in there where uh, she's just, it's just a little girl at home and she's talking and singing to herself while um, over in the corner in her little little area set in the 1970s. Um, and she's she's doing a little drawing and her dad's shushing her and tell her to shut up and all that because he's watching the show, which is something that has resonated with a lot of kids um, who has their, their father or mother who served over in Vietnam, that you walk on eggshells when dad's in the mood to watch TV, it's time for you to be quiet and you don't talk. So it does touch a few heartstrings there. In the film it is very raw so if you are going to watch this and i really plead people to watch this film and to share it and to spread the word just a, a trigger warning it is very raw of um of detail and the action scene in there does um affect a lot of people's hearts yeah well i i think the whole thing does i mean it's it, it's one of those pieces where you watch it and well, okay. So my first time watching it, I was just, you know, had it on the background and then it just grabbed my full attention. It totally sucked me in and, and got my attention. And yes, I, I don't want to give away too much. So I would say if you want, go pause the podcast, click on the link in the description and go watch the video. Also, uh, there are, if, if somebody's seeking help, there are some links to various organizations about PTSD, and uh, you can get more information by clicking those links. Okay, talking about the video, what is your personal inspiration for creating this piece? Well, like you said at the beginning, um, I am a child of a Vietnam veteran. My dad served in 1968 to 69 in the Signal Squadron. Um, coming home, of course, just like over in America, they weren't welcomed too well in our country. 
In fact, my mother and father um, once told me that they went down the street and they got pig's blood thrown on them um, because and, and, and got called baby killers. I mean, now, I mean, we have to understand the mind frame of what's going on here. I mean, the average age was like 22 years of age of a veteran who, who served over in Vietnam. So these are young kids. I don't know about you, Russ, but I look back at myself when I was 22 years of age. I wasn't that mature. I was too busy running around playing playing football and, you know. <laughs> I mean, to be, to be um, sucked out of your normal environment, taken over to a, a um, foreign land, and it's basically you've got to kill or be killed for 24, uh, for 12 months, basically. And then get, then get told to come back and go back into society and, and get on with life. And by the way, you're not allowed to talk about it because the society doesn't like you. It's a lot for these young kids to deal with. And so um, growing up, I saw my dad do his very best to become a, a father, a, a parent, a husband. And look, he, he was fantastic with, with how he brought us up. And we had a lovely household, but there was that emotional detachment going on where some days I come home and it was like walking on eggshells. Uh, you knew dad was in a mood and you just stayed away from him. And 15 years later, I came up with an idea, oh, 15, sorry, 15 years ago, I came up with this idea to actually make this documentary because I went through a divorce and, and I had to do some uh, reflection on that. And I found that I found it hard to really love someone and I had a look at the divorce rates around that time and the greatest percentage of people who were divorced fell in the category of children of Vietnam veterans. So I started to put a bit of a link together and I thought, wonder if because of our dad's emotional detachment from coming home from Vietnam, has that affected me growing up? So the whole documentary came to a point where I'm asking questions. I'm not saying there is, 100% in effect, um, the questions are being asked and I've got a private group with nearly 800 members, a lot of Americans and Australians, New Zealanders that are all sharing their stories and it's coming to that conclusion that, yeah, there is a massive effect of the Vietnam War on us, the children of Vietnam veterans. So, okay, we, we hear about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD, but what you're talking about here is intergenerational PTSD, where the PTSD is, in a way, passed to the next generation, right? That is 100% correct. I've actually um, been blessed enough to be in contact with a doctor over here in Australia. His name is Dr. Ken O'Brien. He has uh, PhDs that are based on neurology, genetics, psychology, sociology, and he's dedicated most of his working life into the study of intergenerational PTSD. He's got a thesis out, um, which I can easily give you a link to for people to read if they really want to. Um, so I'm going to be talking a lot to him in the documentary about how certain aspects of PTSD are transformed down through the generations. Um, so it's actually very interesting that that's the case. I, I didn't even hear about it until I spoke to him and read some of his articles and it's very eye-opening. So we've introduced a new term here for some people, intergenerational PTSD. What about CPTSD? It, it all falls under the same um, criteria. So um, any form of like um, the, the PTSD where it doesn't have to be just from the war, it can be from any traumatic um, experience that someone might suffer through in their life. 
that it actually does change the genetic um, balance. Now, I'm not the best to to answer all this because I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I'm, just a, I'm just a child of a Vietnam veteran who's asking questions. So um, the best thing is probably if you have a look at this thesis that um, Dr. Ken O'Brien has released, uh, that will have all the answers in there. I don't want yeah. to do any injustice to his work. Yeah, I always like to say on the podcast, I am not a doctor. And if you need proof, just look at my paycheck. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand that one, mate. All right. So it's not just PTSD that we need to be concerned about here. It's also the chemicals that were used, uh, specifically Agent Orange uh, used in Vietnam that is passed. Is that passed to future generations as well? A hundred percent. I mean, look, there's a lot of um, stories out there on the internet, on YouTube about Agent Orange, the effects on the soldiers themselves, but also on the children. And look, within the full documentary, I'll be focusing um, half of the documentary will be on intergenerational PTSD and the psychological issues. The other half will be on Agent Orange and the physical issues that are passed down from our fathers or mothers who have been affected by Agent Orange and that there are clear signs of issues that are affecting the children. And putting some pressure on the government to ask the, to answer the questions, why isn't this being addressed properly? Like I know mm-hmm. over in America, there are certain um, effects of Agent Orange that your government do acknowledge. Unfortunately, here in Australia, um, that list is a lot shorter, um, that they actually don't really acknowledge hardly any effects of Agent Orange um, being in the human body and then also passed down to the children. So I'm really going to be putting some pressure on the governments to to answer these questions. Um, but there is a lot of doctors out there that say there is a huge effect of Agent Orange in the human body and it is passed down. Um, but our governments just tend to have a, a blind eye on, on this factor. Yeah. Now, you know, there's a group actually, I'll, I'll bring it up now, um, that if you're you know thinking about this, you want more information on this. Uh, maybe you are suffering from some of the symptoms. Um, basically, it's called the Children's of Vietnam Vets Health Alliance. Uh, and I'll put a link to that in the description as well so that you can reach out to them. Because like we said, you know, we're not doctors and um, we want to send you to places where you can get information. Um, okay, let's talk about growing up with your dad. Was it all gloom and doom oh not at all look i mean in the video i really tried to explain this too that we actually don't blame our dads for anything that has gone on with us or how we've turned out we actually blame the war and the government for the lack of support my dad did a fantastic job um you know raising us kids he was always involved with our football or afl you know the australian league football over here or cricket or whatever sports that we're a part of he was there as a team manager or or whatever he could be a part of president he was always involved all the time but there was just that emotionally detached but we also had fun times too um i um, remember one fun time is that over here in australia we have anzac day and so we stopped to remember all our fallen soldiers and there's a massive big parade that goes through all the big capital cities and my dad used to go missing for three days come anzac day like he'd catch up with all his vietnam um veteran (laughs) and they'd, they'd get on the terps and they'd have a few drinks and 
And like, I remember I was quite young in primary school. So we're talking, you know, late 1970s, early 1980s. And we'd get a, a drunken phone call from my dad saying, come pick me up. And my mum knew exactly where he was. He was always at Watsonia Army Barracks in Victoria, down in Melbourne. <laughs> and so we'd all jump in the car and we'd head over there. And, and we always played a game every year. Every year we played the same game. The, the first thing that we did was ask Dad, how did he go? And that meant how did he go at two up? Now, I'm not sure if, if you know what two up is. It's, no. it's a game where there's a board and it's got two pennies on it. And it's a heads and the tails and they're marked and they, they bet to flip them. And if they land on heads, two heads or two tails and that they, they win money. Oh, okay. So, um, and so my old man go, yeah, I cleaned up, cleaned up big time, son. You know, yeah. He's bragging how good he was at two up. And so we thought the game was, <laughs> the game was how much money on the way home could my mother, my brother and myself scab out of my dad <laughs> so, so, so it used to be a story like hey dad i've got a school excursion going on and it's going to cost 20 dollars." he goes no problem son here's 20 bucks and my mum will go hey hey graham I, I need some new shoes not a problem love here's 50 bucks and you know and so <laughs> stories and stories would just come out and then that's great the next morning there'd be a pile of money sitting on the table with a little scorecard saying who actually got the most money out of dad and he'd just go you bloody bastards you got me again you know so, <laughs> so look there was fun times like that you know um but then there was also the hard times where you see him um, struggling with his demons and and so forth so yeah. it wasn't all doom and gloom well that's that's good to hear but i i do hear you know from uh, research that i've done on this that one of the issues with uh, dealing with somebody that has suffered from PTSD is you never know what you're going to get. Look, that was 100%. You know, I mean, I remember growing up, I used to go home to some of my, my mate's house after school and, and I saw the interaction between him and his dad and, and the family environment. And I thought, my, my house is so much different to that. You know, some days I could come home and it would be all happy and cheery and, and you'll be laughing mm. and other days we'd come home and dad wouldn't talk to you for some unknown reason. And as a little boy, you know, as a little boy, you think, what have I done to upset dad? That's confusing. Yeah. And so you start blaming yourself and then you start trying to do things to seek your father's approval because it wasn't always there because he was dealing with his demons, maybe having flashbacks. And, and he, I remember he told me horrible stories. Um, one story I remember I went over there. This is not long ago. Um, with my daughter, who was around about uh, 14 years of age at the time. And I walked in, my dad goes, you shouldn't be here. And I'm like, why is it a bad time? Should I let you know beforehand that I was coming home? He goes, no, you shouldn't be here. And he had tears in his eyes and he had a bottle of scotch next to him. And he was remembering an incident over in Vietnam where a guy pulled him back, took two more steps and stood on a landmine and, and blew up. And wow. it took off half, half of my dad's ear. Ugh. And so then I started to realize what he meant. He meant that he should have died over in Vietnam and I shouldn't, I shouldn't be alive. Wow. And that really affected me. And my mm -hmm. daughter's like, oh, my goodness, what? You know, I mean, these are the yeah. these are the things that a 22-year-old had to deal with coming back from Vietnam with no help from the government to, to deal with these issues. And that's what I'm all about is just mm -hmm. trying to yeah. honor our fathers, but also say, Hey, that has affected us. 
Right. Well, okay. So we've established that we're not doctors, uh, but we've got to talk about this. How do we stop the cycle? How do we stop it from going to the next level, the next generation? I mean, you, you mentioned your daughter was there with you and your dad. How do you we stop that it? That is a very, very good question, Russ. Uh, I think that one of the best things is actually talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's actually getting it out there in the open. Yeah. I know that my private group of children of Vietnam veterans, that there's, like, like I said, almost 800 members in that group, that there's been a lot of healing already done in that group by people having a safe place where they're not ridiculed or put down upon. Because a lot of the times through society, we've been saying that, you know what, we infect ourselves into our dad's trauma to gain attention. It's not that at all. I mean, we're a part of that trauma just from a different point of view. So talking about it mm-hmm. with other people who can relate to that really helps. Seeking of um, help by professionals, like you said, there's links there to professional organizations. Go and get some help. Talk to a counselor. Um, work out ways how you can deal with your own PTSD. And it's all about management. I don't think it ever goes away. But like I said, I'm not a doctor. But I know after I've started to address my own issues and sit down with my daughters or sit down with my son and talk about these issues, that it really starts to help. And I think by doing that, we can actually stop that on flow effect. Yeah, well, you know, I also think that you're doing that by putting this project together and uh, getting the video out there. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this show, um, so that people just acknowledge that it's out there. I think that's a great step forward as well. Yeah, it is a massive step. I mean, like I said, I've had so many messages from people who have watched the video um, who aren't even a part of my group because I've shared it on several different social media platforms mm-hmm. and they've contacted me saying, you know what, that has really helped. Now, that didn't resonate with all three different elements within the short film, but maybe the walking on eggshells and being told off for singing or making a noise, that really affected them. And it actually brought them some closure and they saw at the end that we don't blame our dads and they actually have felt some healing from that and actually pick up the phone and spoken to their dad for the first time in like 20 years. Wow. And you know what, Russ, that, that's what I'm all about, man. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm about closure, about families coming back together, about healing some of the past. And if, if all what I'm doing affects one child of Vietnam veteran to get close to his father, well, then you know what, I've done my job. That's really awesome. <laughs> I like that message. Uh, let, let's talk about the future project. When will the full documentary be released? Oh, my goodness. That's like how long is a piece of string at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, at the moment, um, what you have or what you've seen so far is part one of three little videos. I've got another okay. short film that's scheduled to be released pretty soon. And also nice. another like promotional video, which is more of an informative video explaining what we're doing and in that there is a call to action of people who have got knowledge on the vietnam war who have got knowledge on health concerns mental physical as a result of the war who's a marketing or a social media expert um experience in filmmaking because look i'm here in australia like you said at the start of this podcast and and I'm, i've got plans to go and interview people over in america new zealand of course right around australia and also people over in vietnam because they've got a story to tell and it needs to be told also yeah that 
with with COVID and the world that we live in these days, I might need to have a team of filmmakers over in America who can help me do interviews over there. So, All right. and all, yeah, and also we're looking for people to help us back back us financially. So, at the moment, the full documentary is in full planning stage at the moment. It is going to cost quite a lot of money, but we're going to need a bigger team to help get this done. So, it's probably a couple of years away the full documentary, but in that time frame, I've got a lot of work to do to interview so many um, COVVs, children of Vietnam veterans, and medical professions to piece together. And so we're going to need help now. Gotcha. Okay. Well, if, if anybody that's listening to the podcast wanted to jump in and help out, um, how would they be able to do that? Look, the best way to do that is probably to send me an email. Um, okay. through to being over in America and in Australia, there is that time difference. So we can schedule a, uh, a Skype call or something like that to have a bit of a chat. But if they want to contact me on uh, trev.harwood at soaringproductions.com.au, um, that would probably be the best bet. Or they can follow some of the links off the film onto my webpage and send me a message and, and we can get in contact that way. Hey, thank you so much for the work that you did and thank you so much for joining me today. Look, it's absolutely my pleasure and thank you so much for the incredible work that you do, Russ, in getting these messages out there to um, the other side of the world, which is something that I find it hard to do because I'm not over in America to, to preach the message. but. I really appreciate all the work that you do, buddy. Well, thank you so much. All right, let's take a look at our birthdays for today, shall we? Yeah, Billy Ocean uh, turns 71 today. Gina Davis is 65. Emma Button is 45. Jeremy Shada is 24. And Boo Boo Stewart, I just said that one because I like the name, is 27 today. Uh, Benny Hill was born on this day in 1924 and died in 19. 92. Wolfman Jack was born on this day in 1938 and died in 1995. That's your look at January 21st. Thank you for listening to This Is Today. We do our best to pull together all the correct information. If we made a mistake and you heard it, guess what? You're super smart and we're super sorry. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five star if you think we deserve it. If you would like to make sure that we cover something on a future episode, let us know. Go to thisistodaypodcast.com to make suggestions, give us feedback, and see our other podcasts. I hope you enjoy learning about today. I'm Russ, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.